A city is much more than just a collection of buildings. It's a location, it's a history, it's a culture, it's ideas and ideals, and a city is also, most importantly, the people in it. This is Prague Times, the podcast that takes a look at the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. With more than a thousand years of history, there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the past of Prague, but we'll also talk about the city as it is today, future plans for the city, and much more. It's Prague then, Prague now, and Prague later. And this is Prague Times. So, by the end of 1172, King Vladislav has just about had enough. He really wants his son Frederick to be next in line to the throne, so he abdicates. But he didn't do this with permission from any of the nobles in Bohemia, nor with the permission of the Holy Roman Emperor. So, there's trouble. He ends up living out his last two years in Germany in lands owned by his wife's family, and he is buried in Meisen. So his son Frederick gets put on the throne as per his wishes, but he doesn't even get to hold it for a full year before he has to step down. Sobislav II, whose son is Sobislav I, who'd been in prison since 1161 for various plottings, he hatches a plan. At the Diet of Hermsdorf in September 1173, Frederick is removed from the throne and Sobislav's younger brother Oldrich was named the new ruler. Oldrich immediately stepped down so that Sobislav could step in. This was his sneaky plan. Now, Sobislav II is something of a shit disturber. His heart's kind of with the peasants, so he wants to improve things with the peasants, and he's kind of sometimes outright hostile towards both the nobles in Bohemia and the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick Barbarossa. He even refuses to help the empire in their fights against the Lombard League in Italy, a fight which the empire loses because they don't have enough soldiers. Sobislav also goes on military adventures in Austria over a dispute over where exactly the border is, and during this series of skirmishes, Holy Roman Emperor Frederick Barbarossa's uncle, who's with him, dies when his horse falls off a rotten bridge and he breaks his neck. So now the emperor would like to know what happened, so he summons Sobislav to explain the circumstances of his uncle's death, and Sobislav, who is afraid, refuses to go. This thing gives Frederick of Bohemia, the previous duke, a chance to cause some trouble and maybe get the throne back. He allies with an Austrian duke named Leopold V and with Conrad, who's also known as Otto of Znoimo, and Otto had basically occupied Brno back in 1173, so now basically he controls two-thirds of Moravia, and so he's quite powerful. So together, with the blessing and help from the Holy Roman Empire, they march on Prague, kick Sobislav off, and crown Frederick Duke again in 1178. Now Conrad, who was in control of Brno and Znoimo, thought he would also be given Olomotes as a reward for his help, and that he'd get to basically control all of Moravia. But he does not get that. As a result, he causes intrigues. There's more fighting ensued. Sobislav keeps trying to take back the throne. He suffers bad defeats, including the Battle of Lodjanica, which is near Baron, and finally a final defeat, actually in what's now Prague, right around somewhere where Novi Miesto is. And then he gets exiled to, quote, some part of a foreign land. That's the record. And he dies the next year. So, Sobislav II is gone. Frederick's Duke. He has the Holy Roman Emperor's blessing this time. Note, he's not king, he's duke. Sobislav was also not king. 
In fact, no Angus to be king again until Ottokar I in 1198. However, maybe as a consolation prize, Holy Roman Emperor Frederick Barbarossa does recognize his namesake as an imperial duke and draws an official border for Bohemia and Austria. So, the Duke of Bohemia is now also important in the Holy Roman Empire. But, the ambitions of the Przemysids continue to dog anybody who wants to sit on the throne of Bohemia. Duke Frederick's younger brother, Ottokar, has control of Moravia, and he's getting a little too big of his, for his britches, so Frederick tries to curtail his power. Conrad, or Otto, of Znoimo is a pal of Ottokar's, and he doesn't like this, so he marches on Prague and drives Duke Frederick from the city. Frederick appeals to the Holy Roman Emperor, who puts him back on the throne in 1182, but the trade-off is that now Moravia will become an imperial margraviate. This is a sort of a military-ruled political border area under the control of, you guessed it, Conrad or Otto of Znoimo. This all happens in 1182. And Moravia will retain this status of Margraviate until 1918, meaning it's kind of politically separate from Bohemia to a certain extent. What it really means is that Moravia has to answer first to the Holy Roman Emperor and then to the Duke of Bohemia. The emperor also makes Frederick's cousin, who's the bishop of Prague, a guy named Yindzik Przeciwslav, a prince. And this means that both Conrad, or Otto, of Znoimo, and Yindzik Przeciwslav are now possibly in the line of secession. It also means Frederick's power is pretty much neutered, and he's really just a mouthpiece for the Holy Roman Emperor. There's no clear leadership from Prague, so Ottokar attacks Conrad in Moravia and kind of kicks his ass. He's helped by some members of the Przemyslip family, and things get to a point where it kind of looks like it's going to become a family civil war. So, in an attempt to calm everything down once and for all in 1186, the entire Przemyslip family from both Bohemia and Moravia have a huge family meeting at Novi Knin, which is south of Prague, about halfway to Przibram, and Conrad, or Otto, of his Noimo, agrees to recognize Frederick as Duke, and then Frederick guarantees that he and his issue will be in the line of secession. In the meantime, in the Holy Land, in 1187, Saladin takes back Jerusalem, and a third crusade is called for by the Pope. Duke Frederick of Bohemia agrees to take part, but dies while making his preparations, and now, per his previous agreement after the family meeting, Conrad, or Otto of Znoimo, gets to take the throne. So Conrad, who'd been in charge of Moravia, renounces his title of Margrave and unites Bohemia and Moravia under his banner. The nobles, however, still have a lot of power and they force him to give them an official set of privileges and more rights known as the Statuta Conradova or the Statutes of Conrad. Now Conrad is told he doesn't have to participate in the Third Crusade, so he goes with the Holy Roman Emperor's son Henry VI to southern Italy in order to stomp the crap out of Sicily. But when they get to Naples, he gets the plague and dies. So now, Sobislav II's brother, Václav, now secedes to the throne of Bohemia. He had previously been Duke of both Brno and Olomouc, but he'd been kicked out and exiled when Frederick was Duke of Bohemia. He gets to be Duke for three whole months, and then Frederick's half-brother, Ottokar, son of Vladislav II, who liked traveling so much, knowing that the Germans are distracted by another civil war, teams up with his brother and declares himself Duke of Bohemia. Václav tries to escape to the Holy Roman Emperor, who is Henry VI by now, but while going through Sorbia, the Margrave there captures him and throws him in prison and he dies. 
Are these family squabbles and power grabs over? Not quite. There's still one more round of ping pong to go. So, <clears throat> Autocar, who is sometimes known as Pshemisol, the first Autocar, seizes the crown of Bohemia in 1192, helped by his brother Vladislav Yindrich, who he rewards by naming Margrave of Morava. He was already Prince of Brno and Znoimo. But then Autocar's cousin, Yindrich Pshetislav, Provost of the Basilica of St. Peter and Paul in Vyshehrad, and also Bishop of Prague since 1182. He became Bishop of Prague literally the day after he was ordained priest, so this is all a political move. He gets into it. Very confusing. So you got Ottokar, you got Ottokar's brother, Vladislav Yintschik, so I'm going to call him Vladi Henry, and then you have Ottokar's cousin, Yintschik Pshetislav, and I'm going to call him Henry Bredy. So, Henry Bredy wants the throne. He'd been made a prince by the Holy Roman Emperor, and he wants to be not only Duke of Bohemia, but Margrave of Moravia. But he can't raise the 6,000 crowns to pay his tribute to Holy Roman Emperor Henry VI in order to get his support. That's the way things work here sometimes is if you pay enough money, I'll support you. So he decides as a consolation prize, he's going to walk the pilgrimage route in northern Spain from the Pyrenees to Santiago de Compostela. But along the way, he's captured by spies of the Holy Roman Emperor and dragged back to the imperial court. Ottokar decides to join with a group of Germans who are revolting against the House of Hohenstaufen in Germany, and this pisses off the Holy Roman Emperor. So Ottokar and his brother, Vladi Henry, are deposed from their titles, Ottokar flees, and the emperor decides that he'll support Henry Bredi, who he kidnapped from Santiago de Compostela's pilgrimage route, even without the 6,000 crown tribute, because he's pissed off with the other guys, and he makes him Duke of Bohemia. He attacks Moravia in 1192. He captures Vladi Henry, who's wandering around trying to get support so he can become Margrave again, and he brings him to Prague Castle so he can keep an eye on him. He then takes part in a series of military raids on behalf of the Holy Roman Emperor in Saxony and in Meisen, but his army totally plungers all the churches they come across, which is a big no-no. So now he has to apologize. As part of his making amends, he agrees to participate in what's known as the German Crusade of 1197, but he gets very ill while making preparations and never actually makes it. Sensing weakness, Ottokar returns with an army and takes control of Prague. Henry Bredi flees to the Imperial Palace at Cheb, where he dies in June 1197. So now... Ottokar thinks, ha-ha, I will be Duke again. But the Bohemian nobles elect his brother, Vladi Henry, instead. Over time, Ottokar and Vladi Henry make up, and Vladi Henry, who doesn't actually want to be Duke, steps down and lets Ottokar once again take the throne of Bohemia. All right, Ottokar is not going to let this thing be taken from him again. He gets a royal title from Prince Philip of Swabia in 1198, which makes him officially King of Bohemia, the third king ever. But that's not secure enough. Plus, he wants to divorce his wife and marry young Constance of Hungary, who's the daughter of Hungarian King Bela III. So now that Ottokar is king, there's going to have to be a new duke. That position still exists, but it's under the king. Now, the Holy Roman Emperor thinks that a guy named Diepold III should get it. Ottokar says he'll give it to Diepold in exchange for getting to divorce his wife and marry the fresh new Constance. Holy Roman Emperor puts pressure on the Pope. Pope agrees. Divorce happens. 
Elsewhere, the Fourth Crusade happens 1202 to 1204, which included the sacking of Constantinople, which is not awesome. Then there's the Albigensian Crusade or the Cathar Crusade, which starts off in France and in 1209 and goes on sporadically for 20 years. And the Franciscan Order is founded in 1210. Then, young King Frederick II of Sicily decides he would also like to be king of Germany. This is something that Pope Innocent III also thinks is a good idea. So King Ottokar of Bohemia decides to support him. And the grateful Frederick of Sicily, who is now King of Germany and Sicily because he's successful, and who will later become King of Italy and then later Holy Roman Emperor, and then King of Jerusalem. So Frederick is grateful and the Pope is grateful, and so they grant Ottokar a document known as the Golden Bull of Sicily on September 26th 1212, which is the same year as the Children's Crusade. This document is really quite something. It declares that Ottokar, who's already king, and his descendants, meaning sons, are kings of Bohemia, and that who king is is no longer decided by the Holy Roman Emperor, but it is strictly an internal Bohemian affair. So if he wants to appoint somebody else to secede him instead of a son, he can. He can do whatever he wants. The king of Bohemia is also a prince of the Holy Roman Emperor and will commit to supplying all new Holy Roman Emperors with a retinue of 300 knights to safeguard their passage to Rome whenever they go down there for their coronations. Now, this is really quite unusual, and it really gives him more power and autonomy than any previous Bohemian ruler. All the power plays, infighting, assassinations, mutilations, dirty tricks, foreign interference, all of that is now a thing of the past. Bohemia can remain stable and prosper. From this point on, it's all just kings of Bohemia, all because of the Golden Bull of Sicily. This document is stored at the National Archives here in Prague. The only thing better to happen to the Czech lands than this will happen under Charles IV when he unites Bohemia and Germany under his crown and establishes what's known as the Crown of Bohemia, which makes these lands wholly independent from the Holy Roman Empire. Ottokar remains king until his death in 1230 at the ripe old age of 75. He's quite wily. He manages to avoid having to personally take part in the Fifth and Sixth Crusades, which happened in 1217 and the Sixth one in 1228. During his reign, Germans are once again actively encouraged to settle in Bohemia, and many towns are started in what used to be just forests. So it took a long time to get here, but finally there's something resembling stability and authority in Bohemia. The next king, his son, King Wenceslas I, would make some serious changes to the city of Prague. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prague Times. If you liked this episode, be sure to like it or share it and tell your friends. Check us out on all of our social media platforms for extra goodies as well. Until next time, this has been Prague Times. <laughs>